Hey, everybody, this is William Catt from Greatest American Hero and Carrie and House. You're listening to Bobby and Jason's Awesome 80s Podcast. Welcome to the 80s! We are here live. This is Bobby and Jason's Awesome 80s Podcast. We are in our double garage, man. We are growing. Double garage in it. Yeah, baby. So, last week, episode 15, we spoke to... Wait a second. You didn't introduce yourself. How the hell does anybody know who you are? My name is Alf from the Alf <laughs> land of Alf. Now, my name is Bobby Catalano. Across the table is... I like you. You can do, you do the Mr. intro for me. Mr. Jason Pasco. Wow, that's so cool. Like, you doing my little intro. It's like, great. That's Isn't that awesome. great? Can, can I recap now? Please. I, I just want to get into it, man. I'm excited because today's show, man... Yeah. We'll get into it later. But anyway, let's recap. We had Scott Swartz on last week, the mm-hmm. uh, famous actor from The Toy with Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason, and the little Christmas movie. A Christmas Story. A Christmas Story. So that was a lot of fun, man. And uh, we, you know what? Something, I don't mean to jump on you there. Sure. We've we got, got a lot of emails from you people out there, all you listeners in listener land. We did. And just the cool stuff. Yeah, we're going to read some of those at the end of the show. Yeah, but we like that you appreciated the Christmas story as much as we did. And everybody gave it the okay that it was okay to talk about Christmas in October because it was Scotty Schwartz. Exactly. And and look, when you go in all these stores, you see Christmas shit everywhere, so you know, I guess we're in the spirit. At least we're legit. The only thing I think it would be better would be if we actually had Santa Claus on, then you know, October is okay to celebrate Christmas too. So, yeah, it is. So Halloween's coming up and Remember last week you talked about those crazy killer clowns? They're all over the news. They are, man. It's crazy. But but here's a little story I heard about the other day. So the legitimate clowns are not happy. Oh. They're just not happy. But most of them aren't anyway. So the leader of the clown organization, they actually have a clown organization of the real clowns, the ones that make people happy. <laughs> While they were planning a million clown march in Arizona. Wow. In Arizona of all In places. Arizona. <laughs> Where the weather's hot and the weather's hot. <laughs> the weather's hot. <laughs> so what happened was the leader of this group got death threats. So they canceled their million clown march. So I mean, this clown shit's is out of hand, bro. Yeah, well, I especially mean, pick Arizona of all places. I mean, uh, first off, they're pretty trigger trigger happy down there yeah. in AZ. But why would you walk around in a clown makeup? Everybody's going to be a sad clown. <laughs> I, f- I feel bad for the legitimate clowns, though, because they make a living doing this. And I, I feel like they're going to lose a lot of business over all this, you know, this killer clown bullshit. Yeah, I think a few more of them are going to turn have down you ever, Like, Have you ever seen anybody dress up as a clown trick-or-treating? I, I don't remember ever me, seeing no. that. No, me either. If I go to the circus, I see it. But yeah. I just never circus? see anybody come to my door with a clown. Yeah, Suit yeah. on, and I was—I would think the clown thing would have went downhill with the John Wayne Gacy <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back in the day. Um, anyway, but that's that's notable. I, I'm telling you, you heard it here first, party people. That I think it's a conspiracy for advertising for the new it thing that's coming out. There you go. Everything, folks, is a conspiracy. That's right. So. So what do you got? You, you said there was something you wanted to talk about. There was something about. I wanted to talk about. Somebody's getting old. Yeah, somebody besides us. It certainly beats the alternative. Hey. Hey. Young at heart, baby. That's right. Luke Perry on the cover of AARP. What the hell is that? What the hell? Luke Perry's Luke on the Perry, cover? Luke Perry. Oh, a contemporary. Man. Oh, my God. People, if you didn't need to realize it, it's happening. It's happening. We're, uh, 
we're all creeping up there. That's right. We're <laughs> creeping up there. We there don't. You go. We don't carry our cards yet. Thank I, God. It's but. so hard for me to think <laughs> of. You know that, like, because you and me sitting here, it feels like back in the eighties. We're well, sitting here. You know? I could tell you, folks, party people, that Jason has a full head of hair. Thank you, and so do you. And You're so not doing do I. So, and, and oh my Al, God, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, please. Alf also. Alf's in the studio. He has so much hair that he can share it. That's that's very true, especially <laughs> the Philly fanatic. We use our um, sound dampeners while we're here. So we didn't say this is episode what sixteen. Number we're, sixteen we're in Spanish. Can you say sixteen in Spanish? Dude, I could barely say anything in Spanish. You got it's, it. It's um DSA says. There you go, people. DSA says people. We're we're educating you and making you a little more bilingual each week, thanks to Roberto. We're gonna give you a heads up. Um, next week's show is gonna be a special Halloween episode. Don't listen alone. Yes, do not listen alone so we're gonna have some fun we are we're gonna have some fun we have some cool things planned and you definitely want to tune in we might even dress up but you're not gonna see it so so today today today's a day that we have scored one of the biggest stars of the 80s the one thing i remember watching when i was young in the 80s and maybe everybody out there remembers it too when they used to do monkeys reruns I remember the monkeys. Remember the monkeys? Yeah. And even though it was a show that was on in the 60s, it got really popular in the Yeah, 80s. they kept playing it. Yeah. yeah. It was so like always on. I remember like in the intro where they're all in their superhero things. I remember right. watching that as a kid. You, you want to be there? Yeah, you want to be there. And then there was one other guy. One other guy. And he is going to be a special guest coming up. William Cat. William Cat. He is, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. The greatest American hero. The greatest American hero. We're so excited to have him, and he's going to be coming up in a few minutes. I mean, bro, when I was a, a young kid watching that show, it, it was great. It was on from 81 to 83, and it made a big impact on a lot of people. Yeah, here's a, here's a guy every week. You're looking at him, and he's flying. He's flying. You know what's <laughs> cool about that show was um, they, they had the comedy thing going on. You know, like he was like a reluctant superhero. Yes. You know, yeah. he's like a, he's a high school teacher and he gets this magic suit from outer space and superpowers. He don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. we're going to talk to him about that coming up very shortly. Yes, we are. So get yourself together, get some popcorn, sit down. This is one you can listen to alone and we really hope you enjoy it. All right, we're in for a special treat, everybody out there. We are. We told you we had a special guest, and we weren't kidding. That's right. If you were a kid like we were in the 80s, and every week yeah. you wanted to watch this because there were two superpowers that any kid ever wanted. One was... To fly. And the other one was... To lose his manual. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we are here with William Cat. William Cat, yes. How you doing, Bill? <laughs> I'm doing well. You forgot to add that I lost my mind, too. Oh. He lost your mind, and he lost the manual. Did you ever find that manual? <laughs> I think they did the beginning of the second season, the beginning, and then they lost it just as quickly, you know, yeah. which was uh, well, you know, very that, clever of Cannell, of Steve Cannell. It was. It actually, it's what made made it, it fun that you had to figure all these things out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was so cool. Yeah. So, so, Bill, when did the show run? It ran from 81 for how many seasons? No, that's incorrect. We ran from uh, late 79. We did the pilot. Oh, okay. And uh, then we were down for a while. Then we were back up in 80, uh, 81, 82, and we ended the in the fall of 83. But we only did uh, like 43 shows. It was 
it was kind of a, a convoluted um, exercise because we were in and then we were down and then we were back in. And uh, right. You know, so it was kind of crazy. I, I think that's some of the reason we lost our viewership. Was, was there any particular reason behind that? Why it went like that? I, I really don't have any idea. That was, uh, <laughs> that was out of, outside of my wheelhouse. I gotcha. Right? Well, when you received the script the first time, what did you think when you were reading it? I was, I was, uh, in New York, I was doing a play, uh, Michelle Tremblay's play called Bonjour la Bonjour with Diana Wiest and a number of uh, very accomplished actors from the Guthrie Theater. And uh, I received the script from my agent, Michael Black, at the time at ICM. And I, I thought it was laugh out loud funny, but I really wasn't interested in doing uh, a television show at the time. Right. Um, but but uh, after some uh, uh, prompting by my agent, Steve Cannell got on the phone. He was so gracious. Um, I said, sure, come meet me. So he flew out. He took his private jet and he flew out to New York, mm-hmm. saw the play, and uh, took me out to dinner. And uh, I, he won me over. Won that... me over. Just one of the most gracious, charming men I've ever met. And still to this day, outside of my father, uh, as left uh, one of the strongest uh, watermarks in my life. Right. Wow. So when you were playing a superhero in the 80s, it's a little different than today where you see Iron Man and all these different superheroes. It's a little more risky back then. Didn't, didn't you mention once you're worried well, about being you know, typecast? You know, nowadays, you got Helmsworth and uh, uh, Ed Norton and Robert Downey and that's right. just to mention a few. Uh, all these guys are looking for their, for their franchise, their superhero franchise, mm. be it Marvel or 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 DC Comics, they're looking for that because it's such a huge cash cow for them. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't seem to have any kind of impact on the careers these days. But if you ask me or Adam West at the time, you know, doing a, doing a show that was as risque as, uh, and, and as uh, those shows were, the early Batman and then my show, Greatest American Hero, um, it could be the end of a career. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was a different time for sure. Yeah. Very much. It so. was a different time. You know, nowadays you have all those big actors. Not only do they do that, but they're doing all the voiceover work and they're doing all the television commercials. You know, it's a, it's a much different time. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, th- I didn't, I didn't understand the impact of the show when I was doing it. Uh, and it wasn't until the advent of all the comic cons, uh, that have sprung up since the mid eighties that I realized what kind of uh, impact it had on fans, you know? Without a doubt, the show has become like a cult. I mean, we can, speak, we can speak for ourselves here and say it was a huge impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, were yeah. Ki- we were kids in the 80s, and I remember watching you on the show and thinking not only was it cool to see you flying and making the mistakes and learning on, you know, learning the ropes. I, I liked your relationship also with your co-stars. I thought Robert, oh, oh, Robert you know, Culp I'll, was I'll great. Something. Working with Robert Culp and Connie Selica. I mean, it was like lightning in a bottle. It was like one of those magical uh, casting sessions where it, it was just magic when we all got together. Yeah. The cast was great. You yeah. guys worked mm-hmm. so well mm-hmm. together. It definitely came through. Absolutely. Yeah, the chemistry was definitely there. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I know it's probably a well-known fact now, but Steve Cannell told the story where Connie was only signed on to do the pilot. Whoa. And then they were going to change out the girl every episode. But she was so 
uh, wonderful and delicious to watch. <laughs> that he, uh, he called her agent and made an overall deal after the first week. And I'm sure that made you happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, she was, she was and still is one of the most beautiful women on the planet. Right. Agreed. Absolutely yeah. agree. So the, the, and, and just as lovely inside as well. Huh. <laughs> Get that in there. That's right. She might listen. So, so Bill, mm-hmm. did, did, I, did I hear that they're thinking about making a big screen version of your show, or is that just a rumor? I, of Hero, you know, years ago, um, wonderful screen play writer uh, Paul Hernandez, who has since passed, unfortunately, who was uh, responsible for Sky High, um, he was a very dear friend of mine, and he wrote uh, just a magnificent script when it was still at Disney. Uh, but that got put into turnaround. It was an, I read another script several years later by somebody else, whose name is eluding me at the moment, and um, and that was not made. And and I think Steve bought the rights back from Disney, and eventually it landed at 20th Century Fox. And okay, um, okay. the last I heard. After Stephen passed, um, Stephen's eldest daughter was was at the helm of that, trying to get it made, and I think it was going to be done as a TV series. Oh, okay, okay. all right. But but the last I heard of it was last January in the trades. They announced that uh, they had greenlit or picked up a script at least, and they had hired a director. But but honestly, since that time, and now it's been so many months later, I, I haven't heard anything about it. Well, let's cross our fingers. Have you guys? Have, yeah. you, have you guys heard anything? <laughs> I I know as much as you. Yeah, do. exactly. <laughs> Just heard that little blurb. What about the suit? Okay. What about the suit? Do you still have it? Did you like? Were you able to snag that from the from the wardrobe? Or no, oh man, I, oh. no, no, no. I had I had no idea how <laughs> that that suit would be. How many suits did you go through? Or is it like I think one? There was only five suits made. Okay. Wow. And uh, I've seen one in a museum. I know Paul Hernandez had one. He gave it to his wife. I know she has it. Um, and it's one of the originals, definitely, because I saw it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there, there's a couple other. Dennis Madalone, who was the stuntman on that show, who's still, still one of my best friends. Um, he has uh, a shirt, the top of it. He doesn't have the, the, the bottoms. And uh, I, I don't know where the others are. You know, that's cool. Somebody man. is coveting, but wherever it is, it's being coveted by somebody. You know? <laughs> Going back a little bit there, which you just brought up, what was it like working with Robert Culp? What was that, you know, going in there and working with him all the time? Yeah, because you guys were complete opposites. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a famous story. Bob and I did not, didn't particularly get along very well at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. uh, when we met. And, uh, but I think that that really, really worked for the right. show um it, it was it was pretty obvious in the first scenes that we did together uh, when we met in the little coffee shop mm-hmm. when uh, michael Perret has a little encounter with him and then later on um uh, we have an encounter at the high school he comes to the high school and we have a a pretty cool scene in the in the men's bathroom where we're uh, we're jockeying for who's going to be in control and um and we were not getting along at the time, but but shortly thereafter, by 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 the first the end of the two weeks or three weeks uh, that we it, it, at the beginning of the pilot, I think our pilot was originally like a month long that we shot. Mm-hmm. But right. by the end of the second week, we 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 had a meeting in in the trailer, and we came to some sort of formal detente. And 
and we became since then we, we were fast friends for for the next 30 years that's great wow, that is that's great i didn't know that mm-hmm. i can i tell you, i want to admit something i was surfing youtube okay. i was surfing youtube earlier and i come along yeah. you and kurt russell doing a star wars audition and you were trying yeah. out for luke skywalker from the original episode yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, true. you gotta that's tell true. us about that. Yeah, we gotta know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I, you know, I, I'm so lucky. It's like I got to be on the the added features on that release. Um, and one day, I'd be be curious to meet uh, Mr. Lucas. Although we don't travel in the same universe, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to find out why why Kurt Russell did such a wonderful job in that reading, and and I. Uh, who was following on his heels trying to keep up, uh, why, why we didn't get those roles. Although I must say Mark Hamill and, Mark Hamill and, and, and um, oh, why am I drawing a blank? Who played Han Solo? Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Jesus, shame on me. I it's okay. It's okay. You get a pass. <laughs> I mean, they were so perfect in those roles. Yeah, they were great. And But I did watch your audition. I thought you did, did great. And Kurt was, you guys were, you guys worked well together. Yeah, he, he, he was good. He, he's had an okay career. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, he's done all right. Yeah. But, but then you did a little film yeah. in, what was it, 75? Yeah, uh, he, he did, he's done a little something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Well, you did too. You, didn't you guys share the audition space for another film you were, you, you actually did with Brian De Palma? Um, uh, I I don't know if uh, Kurt auditioned for that. I have no idea. No, no, no. Um, did, but you... I, think, I think everybody, uh, Lucas and De Palma... In the first casting sessions, I think that um, they they were sitting side by side in a soundstage, uh, seeing every young up and coming actor and actress uh, uh, for those roles at the same time. So they cast both both films at this simultaneously. Simultaneously, initially, and then they had their own screen tests separately, of course. Oh, so yeah, we're, we're talking about Carrie, of course. Of course. Yeah. I was talking about Carrie. Yeah, yeah of course we get, are. Uh, I didn't get Star Wars, but I got I got the booby prize, if you can call it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, a little that, bit more than that, Bill. That that was a that was a nice nice prize there. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm I'm very happy, very grateful that uh, Brian had the audacity, I should say, not not just the courage, but the audacity to cast me, because I was so full of myself at the time. <laughs> uh, he saw beyond that, and and. and and I guess the chemistry worked on stage with Sissy and, and with Amy Irving, you know. And Bill, you had you had some great hair in that movie. Yes, you by did. the way, big, big props. Yeah, good hair. You you, you definitely yeah. did. <laughs> me me, I was doing a Farrah Fawcett imitation, I think. And and you nailed it. You nailed it. Let's yeah. get it. Let's get a little bit about. Yeah, my, I was doing Farrah Fawcett hair. We had big hair. <laughs> Why? Well, you know what? I had that Farrah Fawcett poster on my wall. I will admit that. Yes, yeah. no, no greatest American hero <laughs> every, poster. Sorry. Every every guy my age had that poster on the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your your parents. I I know both of them were very famous. Uh, maybe some of our listeners uh-huh. don't know a lot about them. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Your mom and dad. Uh, uh, my, my dad uh, is uh, was most famous for Kit Carson. Uh, mm-hmm. His name is Bill Williams. Um. He was very successful in vaudeville as a dancer, and then he went on to do a, a lot of westerns at uh, RKO in Columbia, and uh, 
he worked uh, with my mom, met my mom, and got married. My mom, is, of course, is famous for Della Street on on the the, the great number one show, uh, Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Perry Mason. But she did many, many films before that. She worked with Cagney. She was Frank Sinatra's first Wow. Uh, on screen kiss. Wow. Uh, she worked with Jimmy Stewart. I mean, so yeah, Fred McMurray. She's worked with everybody. What What was it like in your house? Were these people coming and going? <laughs> what was that like? Did you get the? You know, I I I I grew up. I didn't know any different. Right. Uh, a lot of these people did come over and and spend time. I mean, Clint Eastwood was very good friends with my dad. That's cool, and, man. Uh, That's great. But I, I don't remember any, any. Uh, I don't remember nothing particularly stands out to me at this point. Right. Because uh, you know, I was a kid. I didn't have any, any, any way of comparing it to anything. It was just your life. That was just the normal way it was. Yeah. That's what you knew. Yeah. Yeah. But you also were many years on Perry Mason, and you acted with your mom, right? I did a couple times. I think, I think one of my earliest things was on a, a Perry Mason, and. And um, I had to go swim in a lake that was freezing <laughs> on a back lot at Universal, I believe. And uh, and I said, nah, this is not for me. Really? Was I that think the only other time I tried as a kid, I did a, I did a rawhide, and I got to do a scene with Clint Eastwood. And uh, that was pretty cool. Wow. Wow, that's that, cool. That's a memory. That's oh, really. Yeah. I know. That's super yep. cool. Now, you, you, you didn't actually want to be on Perry Mason, right? Didn't you get a phone call from somebody very famous who tried to... Uh, Convince you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the the reboot when they did the reboot at NBC, uh, Fred Silverman and um, Dean Hargrove, I think, were the two producers, right? Uh, who concocted it? I think Dean uh, wrote the uh, wrote many of the scripts. Uh, yeah, uh, I was not going to do it. I was happy doing. Uh, I was on the road doing uh, Pirates of Penzance with George Rose, um, and I was in St. Louis at the time. Uh, on tour, and Raymond called me on the phone and said, "Young man, <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is Uncle Raymond." Oh man, with that voice! And, uh, <laughs> oh, it, it was. Uh, you know, he was a force to be reckoned with. I'll tell you what. Right. But, so I... but I had known Raymond since since I was a little kid, four or five years old, and and um, so he was just like a family friend, and and uh, he wasn't going to do the show unless my mom was in it. He was responsible for getting her back in the show. And then of course, uh, keeping it all in the family, they wanted me to come and, and join that little tribe that they had. And, um, well, so I was, tribe. I was, uh, in the right place at the at yeah. right place at the right time. And I, I flew from St. Louis to, uh, to Toronto. We did the first episode and I stayed for about four and a half years doing four episodes a year. Um, oh, that, that, aside from the theater that I, I would get a chance to do in between. So you were, you were busy. You were very busy. Very busy. <laughs> I stayed busy for, for a while. I, I'll tell you what, I did. Yeah. Tell us about House. How did that come about? House. Yes. Oh, yeah. House was the next film I did after I did Secret Baby Secret of the Lost Legend for Touchstone. Um, I did that with Sean Young, Bill Norton directed. Mm -hmm. uh, we did that in uh, West Africa at the in, uh, in the Ivory Coast. We were there for about four months. Oh wow! Um, working with a wonderful Sean Young, who was uh, <laughs> she was a she was a pistol. I'll tell you that. I'll just leave it at that. She was a pistol. I think that I think that comes through with her. I think you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I, but House was the next film that I did. 
Um, and that came about. I read the script. I thought it was hysterically funny. Uh, there was a great, great buzz about Steve Miner that he was looking for a breakout film, and this certainly uh, suited him very, very well. His uh, sensibilities, he was always very left of center and had this kind of quirky, great sense of humor, and uh, yeah. it matched mine. Um, and we just had so much fun on that set, and we became, we were very friendly for many years. After seen that. that movie so yeah. many I times. Mean, what you just said, you could see that in the film, the mix of the comedy and the horror, and I think that's why it's become, you know, pretty much a cult, cult classic. Yeah. yeah. People love it. Yeah, it, it's funny, when I go out there and I do some of the cons that I do, you know, a lot of people will come up to me and say, you know, this is the first film, horror film, that I ever watched, you know? Right. Because it was one of those films that it was kind of, certainly by today's standards, it was very tame, but it still had enough, uh, it created enough tension and anxiety in you mm -hmm. uh, before it made you laugh. And as a result, it just, people loved it. That was one people of the first ones it. that my mother let me watch. So I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I was there. It scared you shitless or you know, it's funny. It's funny <laughs> you're talking about that film because even now, uh, all these years later, <clears throat> I did a scene with George Went, who was so wonderful to work with. Norm. Uh, we did a scene <laughs> upstairs, upstairs in the bedroom. I put a pair of goggles on him and I hand him a, a, a spear gun. And I say, there's a, there's a big raccoon in the closet. <laughs> and that scene is still, to me, one of the funniest scenes that I've ever done in my career. And yeah, I... largely, well, entirely because George was so good in it. And he had very little to say. He was just so hysterically funny. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So you were talking yeah. earlier about the Comic-Cons and all these conventions and how you didn't realize the impact that, you know, your greatest American hero had on people. Tell yeah. us about what is it like going to all these conventions and meeting, you know, the fans person in person. It's great. Well, um, as anyone who's doing it these days knows, the the, the fans at the sci-fi conventions and the horror conventions, they, they're the best. They are. They're absolutely, mm. lo they're loyal. Um, they follow you. And they're gracious. They're so gracious and kind and appreciative. How'd and for me, it's a great opportunity to meet them and spend time with them and, and listen to them and uh, and talk to them and, 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 and really get to know them and, and what they were going through at the time when they were seeing some of these things. It, it's pretty remarkable. I, I feel so lucky to be able to do it. Yeah, after all these years to see that. And, and it's it's really impressive that you said that they are gracious and, you know, passionate right. and gracious and, you know, sincere. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, they just want to have a moment with you, and I think they'll remember that for a lifetime. And I think that's pretty cool. Well, I, you know, I want to have a moment with them, and, and I, <laughs> I try and take, I try and take, a, a, you know, a good amount of time with each person, and well, look them in the eye, and shake their hands, and visit with them, and 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 hear the impact that the show made, and right. and 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 really uh, talk about our lives at the time and what uh, what we were all going through. You know, that's pretty awesome that's, that, that you do that. That yeah, is really cool. I'm digging that. Speaking of science fiction. Now you did a film in 2007, the man from earth. I did. And yep. this movie, I mean, really has gotten a big following. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it's been interesting. Um, you know, it's been interesting. I, I, David Lee Smith, or Richard, uh, you know Tony Todd, Richard Real, I think that's his name, Ellen Crawford, and and me and Tony Todd and Billingsley and P. 
Peterson and Alexis Thorpe, you know, we, we all felt the same thing. Right. First time I read the script, I couldn't put it down. And my agent said, no, Bill, you don't want to do this. It's very low budget. Uh, there's really nothing in it. What they were really saying, the agents, is that there's nothing in it for them. For them exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, but for me, I said, this, this is a fascinating story. It's about a guy who that he's not, he's not a vampire. He's not undead. Um, he's not an alien. He's just this guy who doesn't understand it himself. Right. And he's lived for 10,000 years. And, you know, everybody knows who's seen it knows the plot that we try a, a room full of PhDs and our various, uh, you know, subjects of expertise. We try and poke a hole in his story and we can't and, and it's uh, we can't prove it wrong. And it's it's fascinating. It's very I, I interesting. I thought it was a fascinating script. It is fascinating. I wish that we had had more money at the time because uh, it was a really fast shoot. But but it, this this remarkable uh, little picture had legs that none of us anticipated. And, and you know that's what that's a cool thing to be part of something like that. And and then this happens. You know that's mm -hmm. pretty, that's neat. And did you know did you know this movie's in the top fifty science fiction films? Uh, I I did not know that. Yeah, but, um, it is. It actually is on, on I know IMBD. It's one, of the smart, it's one of the smartest scripts that that I've I've read or had the had the uh, joy of being a part of. Um, it's it's very smart. Um, he he was a wonderful writer. You know. And and you got a you got the Drawing sequel coming out next year, right? The, yeah, you're working on the sequel. The Man from Earth. Holocene? We we had a sequel. We've already shot it, and it's oh. quite good. Uh, Richard Sheckman. And uh, Eric Wilkinson, who were a director and producer of the of the first one, right. they did a wonderful job um, keeping the integrity of the first script. They did a wonderful job with the second script. I think people are going to be remarkable, really pleased when yeah. they when they see it. Eric Eric's a good friend of ours yeah. too. He's a good guy. He's good a good guy. guy. And oh, that's that's coming okay. out in 2017. So we definitely got to keep our eye out. On that oh one. yeah good now you got something coming good. man out. from earth too yeah yeah man from Should earth be good i think the title is exactly the man from earth hollow scene hollow scene yeah so hollow scene okay that's okay. what i think that's what they're going with so you got something coming okay. out um next week yeah sub subterranea subterranea i did yeah. with uh nick uh nick Totoro. yes oh yeah um and and a and uh and, and a wonderful young film filmmaker out of uh, montana um whom i had seen a couple short films that he had made and right. i was just blown away how good this kid was yeah I, you know, um yeah it, and 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 it and it's a it's a very interesting premise you know i i play i kind of uh i'm a I, i'm a good guy with a with a bad side you know <laughs> You know what? I saw the film and I can agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's coming out um, on October 25th. So I recommend it. It's a, it's a good, good, interesting film. It keeps you glued. You, you're real curious to where it's going. And, it's and, very smart. And, the, and Bug Hall was very good also. Uh, Bug Hall was very good. I was very unfamiliar with his work. Um, other than when he did his earlier stuff when he was younger, right? Um, but he's a you know a, a wonderful leading man in his twenties now, and uh, he really does a great job of carrying the film. Yeah, he did, and you you, you were great, man. I, I don't want to give it away, but you, yeah, you were something, bro. Every, everybody will enjoy your performance. Yeah, it was really good. 
All right, man. Cool. We really, cool. we really appreciate you taking time out to talk with us. It's a, it's an honor oh, for us to speak with you. It's my pleasure. I'm, I'm, I'm always thrilled that anyone at all is interested in what I have, what I've done. You know. Yeah, we, we really, it's really for yeah. us. It's really special to talk you, to you. We were, we were young kids watching you flying around, banging in the walls and shit. So you know, it's cool to talk. To yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> and as young boys, I mean, that's what you wanted to do, and and you got a chance to do it. And you know, just like those yeah. people you see in conventions, you made a big impression on us. So yeah. Are you coming to Vegas anytime soon? Any conventions coming up on your schedule? I, I, you know, I, I. It, one of my first jobs was in Vegas in 1973. I was doing Sound of Music at the uh, at, at the Union Plaza. I worked there wow. for about six months. Seven about months. That? I loved Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, that's where we are. We're Vegas guys, so uh, we're close right. by. Yeah, if you do a Comic Con, we'll have to stop by and uh, say hello. Say hello in person. I'd love it. I'd love it. Hey, thanks you guys for for taking the time and, and speaking with me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. Really appreciate it. You take care of yourself, man. Take care. I'm bugging out still. I know, I'm speechless. That, that was a great interview. Uh, Bill Cat really um, gave us so much great information. A lot of things I never even knew. Me either. And I think a lot of our listeners are going to really appreciate it. I mean, that show, mostly, every, anyone, any kid who grew up in the 80s knows that TV show. Yeah, and, and you know, like he said about being typecast. It's hard to take your mind out of what's going on today, like with the Avengers and everything he talked about. Yeah, sure, it's cool. It looks cool. It's not a career killer, like he said. And if you look at it from somebody from today who didn't grow up watching it all the time, you right. think to yourself, wow, it's a little campy. But when you grew up between him and Buck Rogers. Yeah. But here's the thing, man. It's campy, but it, it was so much fun. And I think that's why it became such a hit. Well, you didn't realize it when you were a kid. Like we said campy. in the beginning, he, yeah. he was reluctant. He lost his manual and he was trying to find his way in every show. And, yeah. and, it was, it was just a lot of fun to watch. Even today when you watch it on DVD or in your home, it's it's still fun. It's an, He was an imperfect superhero, and it was funny. He had enough stuff going yeah. on, and he was just, like I said before, when you're 13, 14, 15 years old, you don't know. You can't say, oh, this is can't. Like, you watch some, like, House was right. scary. Exactly. It was funny, it was, but it was scary. It was scary, especially when you're young. Yeah, well, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. When you don't have any point of reference. That was scary. And to watch William... In that show, yeah, it was just when we, when we were able to get him, it was just like we were excited, we were, like, we're high fiving, we're like, yeah, yeah. We're excited. But now he really brought it to the table. I I really liked um, how he he gives back to his fans at the conventions, at comic cons, you know, and he spends time with them. He just doesn't brush them off. He mm -hmm. actually wants to meet them and speak with them for a few minutes and. You know, that's great that, that he does that. You heard how he didn't realize it was going to be that. Like back then, he didn't right. realize. He, he didn't keep the suit, bro. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I, and you he know. realizes now, as an adult, seeing it, going, wow, this was something. And he's sincere about it. Right. So if anybody out there gets a chance to see him, just from listening to that, you know, other than Subterranea, which is coming out on the 23rd. No, the 25th of 25th October. 25th of October. If right you get a chance now. to see him at a Comic-Con, he's somebody like you and I, I'm, I'm willing to, let's go check him out. For he's sure. Super and, cool. And you know what? I, I bet you a lot of our listeners didn't realize that he tried out to be Luke Skywalker in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, you were fanboying out. I was, because, you know, I love Star Wars. But it's it's pretty cool to watch those audition tapes. If you go on YouTube, anybody listen, you go on YouTube, you put in William Cat. Um, Star Wars auditions, you will find his actual audition tapes. And you know what's really cool Pretty about cool. it? 
there's no takedown notices for it either. You can actually watch it. Exactly. Darth Vader is not <laughs> That's right. trying to ruin the party. That's right. Lucasfilm isn't like, don't put these up there. I'm going to share it with everybody. So, well, you know, he's a sharer. You can tell. He is like us. We're sharers. We're over sharers. here. And, uh, you know. <laughs> but, bro, sadly... No, it's not. It's that time. No, it's not that time. Okay, yet. You, what do you want to talk about? I, I need the email bag jingle. Oh, shit. <laughs> exactly. I'm glitching out over here. Jeez. Do, do you have any emails? Yeah, we do have an email. Wait, let me go grab them. He's got to grab them from over here, our Wait, other listen. pile of papers. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We know you like it. One, two, three, four. Da, da, da. It's time for the email bag, email bag. Hey, we're reading the email bag. <laughs> I am not a singer and I don't but pretend that's what to makes be. That's so awesome. So, Jason, you read the comments from our social media. I get the comments today. And I I'll get the comments. read the email afterwards. That's right. Okay. Here we go with the comments coming around first right here. It's Gina D. Come on, my It's Gina. It's Gina. Jason, we and we, and I always butcher her name. That's right, but she knows who she is. She's a big fan of the show. Big fan. Love reading what she posts, and that's why we include her in all the time. So, great show. He's a great guy. She's talking about Scotty Schwartz. It's about the Scotty Schwartz show. He's a great guy. It seems if y'all, if y'all hang out with him sometime, I would enjoy seeing some pics. <laughs> and, and of his dad's store sounds cool xoxo that that's on my boy that's on our list we're gonna uh hopefully meet up with scotty schwartz in la and go see his dad's memorabilia store one yeah, day more than just him we're that, gonna well yeah we, we got a little plan we got a lot of things going on but definitely that's one of our stops absolutely all right candy burish hickok i think i got that right ding ding nah you probably got it wrong i know i probably did that's great you got him but keep away, keep him away from any polls. Ha ha. Well, there you go. Ha ha. Well, You're you know right. what she's talking about? Scotty Schwartz Scotty and Schwartz, uh, Christmas so. Story getting his tongue on that pole. Well, his tongue stuck on the pole, so he's not, he's not going to be spending any time down at Princess's Place, I'm sure. With that. <laughs> All right. Janice Holmes Berry. There we go. I got that one. That was OMG. Easy. I love the Scott Schwartz interview. I found out so many things I never knew about him. Maybe you guys could interview George Michael. Imagine that. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be cool? That would that be would a long be interview. pretty awesome. Loving the work you both are doing. Keep it up. Big fan from Arizona. Arizona's a star of the show today, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, we have the Killer Clowns, and then, then we Janice. got Janice. Janice Holmes-Berry. So there's our three social media comments. There you go. Right and, there. And, and party people, if you ever want us to read your comments, you need to comment on our Facebook page and, on we, Facebook. and we would love to read your comments or you know you can DM us on Instagram we get those that too. Yep. and Twitter and you can um, send us emails yep alright so I have an email this is from Jessica Hanley and okay. I got that right that was, that was pretty easy pretty easy she says I'm a big fan of Diane Franklin's and I saw her post about your show on Twitter so now I'm a big fan of both of you hey, hey. She said, the interview with Diane was great. She sounds like so much fun. And she she really is cool. Yeah, she really is. I'll be honest. I don't remember the dance show you guys were on back in the day. Is there any way I can watch some videos of the show? Oh. Well. What a question. That's kind of a long shot. You know what? I could go on a rant for a little while and tell we'll you. We'll save that for another show. Yeah, I will. So, she, the, the, wait. The big answer is no. Yeah. Not even if you put 10 seconds in your dance video. Although we, no. we would like to. Yeah, but you know what? Can you share Careless Whisper? You, you can't even. Yeah, that's true. You can't put 10 seconds into your regular dance video. What's up with that? I don't know, man. Anyway, she says, curious to see what all the hype was about. 
And then she says, laughing out loud, well, you know, maybe if you go on YouTube, you might be able to find some things. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. She goes, well, again, thanks for the great podcast. I'm a fan and I'm looking forward to more awesome shows. Well, we cannot thank you enough for that, Jessica. Jessica, thank you very much. Thanks for the email, and we're sorry that we're not able to do any of that. But, you know, unfortunately, antiquated thinking. Yes. You know what I mean? Antiquated thinking. Jason, can you get me my tissues? Oh, no. You can nan up a little bit, pal. I need my box of tissues. Is it because the show is over? It's because the show, the party is over. The and party I'm, is over for this week. I'm going to cry. It was 16. <laughs> two more years till we're leaving. Number six. 16, man, and we got a special show next week, the Halloween show. So make sure you are listening because there's some special shit going to happen on that show. Damn, Skippy, we already got some of it done, so you're going to enjoy that. So, each and every one of you out there, thanks again for listening. Yes. Have yourselves a great weekend, and Bobby's going to show us he can count and take us out. Thanks for all the support. We do appreciate it. But this podcast will self destruct in five, four, three, two, one. Take care, everybody. See you later, everyone.